So welcome to episode four. Um, I think this will be a deeper one than I've done before, but for a pretty specific reason. It's kind of the main reason I started the show, but I got some specific questions, I guess, and I kind of wanted to dive a little bit deeper into those for anybody else kind of dealing with the same thing. Um, before I start talking about, I guess, this past, um, the first thing I want to say is that the end goal is building a relationship with God, with Christ, not a religion. He did not create religion. He created the commandments in the Bible. Everything else is man-made around that. Keep that in mind as you go forward. Um, I really believe that the only reason we're here is to learn, grow some type of spiritual way, emotional, growing to the next stage, elevating whatever you want to call it, spreading his word in some kind of way, and then move to the next stage in life. Um, that's why I do feel like if you leave or live the your life the correct way, the way that he intends, the way that you're supposed to, then there is life after death. That is what I tapped on before about how I got over the fear of death. So I'll kind of go into that a little bit later on too. But like I said, just remember that that's the end goal here is building that relationship, not conforming yourself to a religion. Another thing I've tapped on, like, for a couple seconds in another episode was the stages of my path, personally. Uh, a lot of people close to me know that I was a <laughs> ignorant atheist um, in high school and led to kind of agnosticism. And then now, as a Christian, I have kind of spent the last, like, year or so analyzing, like, how I think now and how I thought at different stages, especially those. And I feel like kind of laying that out the best way would be when I was an atheist, it came from a lot of like anger at that time, doubt, um, self-hate from like trauma that I hadn't assessed yet. And once I started to do that and kind of not do that, once I started to kind of break those things down and try to face the trauma, I guess that's honestly around the same time that I kind of switched over to agnostic because at that point I understood there was something out there kind of controlling or creating us and I just wanted to learn more about it. So that's what started the curiosity a lot more. was still pretty scared about whatever it may be um, and the, the, the change of it, I guess. But I always wanted to know more, I guess, about it. And then when the Christian side kind of, or that phase and stage kind of came in, that's when I started to feel a lot more empowered, like the self-care and self-loving came in, like literally get to a point where you feel fearless or like untouchable. So um, like I said, I understand like the stages and kind of why we get stuck in like the mental so much and so long. Cause I told a few friends like why I like Mac Miller's music so much. And he talks about this thing, um, being like finding peace and oblivion in a lot of his music. And I feel like a lot of us forget how easy, I mean, how, yeah, we forget how easy that can be on a day to day basis, no matter how hectic our lives gets. Like, there's always a way to find like some kind of peace in that oblivion. Um, I'll kind of tap on that a little bit later too. I do want to break down a little bit into deeper segments. 
and giving you guys like actual layouts and actual steps that I took instead of just being so broad about it. But um, also want to stress like the patience, like patience with yourself going through it and remembering that like any negative emotion or any negative thought, that's not something that you created, whether you feel like it's guilt, whatever the case may be, anything negative came from the devil. Um, whether it's something that you just did and he's guilt tripping you for, or he's just finding some way to try to get you further away from where you're supposed to be. And anything positive is from God or that you created out of a positive light. So just keep those two in mind as you kind of like battle those angel and demons on each shoulder because that's actually a day-to-day -day task as well. Like you're going to feel like you're going back and forth because you literally are. You are at war with like your flesh and your spirit throughout the day. That's kind of the whole point of it to an extent. But like I said, this pass, it, it can take some time. Um, but like I said, it's, it's definitely worth it. And that's something I would very confidently put my life on because if I didn't start this, I wouldn't be here. So, um, yeah, like I said, being patient with yourself because I do feel like when you start to understand a lot more about God and not religion, you understand who he really is and like what he really does. And you'll understand like what your path really is and who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. And when you find that out, you find the best way to not only help the world around you, but like I said, become the best you. And when you do that, you kind of understand. And I don't know. It just, it does make you feel whole because you, you do know that's, that's what he called you to do. And one, you enjoy doing it and you're good at it once you realize that goal, because like, I don't, I don't care. No one can tell me that every, like every single person has a goal as a talent. I don't care if you have any kind of like mental disorder or whatever the case may be, you have a talent that you just haven't figured out yet. So I do feel like finding God's path for you and plan for you will help iron that out for you too. Um, Cause I, definitely have taken the past couple months to pretty much plan another I guess career path change but it definitely does feel like it's something that I was meant to do because I feel like a lot of people um, feel like they're lost and that's something that I definitely felt when I was at that atheist uh, phase in my life is like there was no point um, it was really just us here there was nothing after death and everything like that so like I said I get where all of that comes from because I, I literally felt that at one point as, as well but like I said there the only way to kind of I keep calling it the sunken place because that idea and that image was so real and people don't understand that too that sunken place is a depression it is the like detaching yourself from everything around you and yourself sometimes in your own life so we forget how much that actually does happen So for today's song of the day, um, I want to do a older one, but something I've, like I said, always heard kind of coming up in the house, my mom playing it, um, other family members playing it in the house, but I'll leave the actual link to a YouTube video for it as well in the, in the description here, but the song is called Don't Leave Me by Dietrich Hatton, um, because that song talks about well in the movie the song kind of comes in when 
he goes through a lot in life and I guess you can say he kind of goes through the spiritual journey pretty quickly but he realizes that God never does leave us and he really does give us his free will for a reason um, that's something else I want to tap on too as another argument that I keep getting um, people keep asking me why so much negative things or so many negative things keep happening in the world daily and why does God allow it and every single example that someone gives me is literally the cause of a human being's free will for example and again I'm disrespecting no one who was affected by it but people need to stop using 9-11 as an excuse or as a as a reason as, as a proof that God is just against us because again, no matter if it was an inside job, a human being in the government was a part of that inside job. Whether it was actually terrorists, those were human terrorists who decided to do that with their own fucking free will. So again, stop telling me that he's just here torturing us and all that kind of stuff. You also forget again that the same way that God operates, Satan operates at a weaker level because he's the peasant of the two. Keep that in mind, the same way that God will tempt you to good and finding things positive, that's the same way that Satan does it every day. Y'all heard how many times I talk about music and how demonic it just shifted over the past like six years and nobody acts like they realize that. Like Before, you couldn't get a garbage rapper on the radio talking about nothing. Next thing you know, 2014 comes up and that's all you hear on the radio. That's for a reason. Like they realized that music is as spiritual as it is, had as much of an impact as it does and flooded it with the shit that they want us to do and feel and think. Like I told people like closer to me, the biggest change that I had in my daily mood is changing the music that I listen to. Like for example, XXX Tentacion. We love his music. But we both know if you listen to 17 for two hours straight, you're going to be crying. So, And that's only because one ex knew how spiritual music was, which is why he put that much emotion into his music when he's talking about that. Like if you're an ex fan and you, and you haven't heard Train Food, go listen to it. Matter of fact, go listen to Train Food anyway, because I'm pretty sure if you haven't heard it, it's going to change your opinion on X. But um, just songs like that, specifically with that much emotion, when you sit down and think about the negative music you're hearing, what kind of spirits and emotions and feelings are pumping into you, it's it's a cycle that you can really get lost in. Because I promise you, if you sit down and go through your playlist and take out all that music that makes you sad, that triggers that flashback, that makes you think about something that you don't want to think about, just give me one day of playing all those other songs and tell me how you feel. It's going to make a difference. Like... The same way with music and and movies and any form of media at this point, especially social. Like, I know y'all have felt that it's just been a shift, progressively getting worse. Like, he knows he's out of town. He sees how many young people are going to Christ. He sees how many different ways people are coming to Christ. So he's getting more blatant. He's getting more comfortable. He's getting to the music now. He's getting to the kids. You see the shit that's getting into these curriculums. You see the way these kids are acting now. Like, and I didn't know how to bring this topic up without offending anybody. But 
I genuinely believe that's why we have so many more school shootings because this stuff didn't start happening to our children until you started trying to introduce all of these obscenely sexual books into the school systems and finding other ways to take a pure system, a pure place, and just just, just rid it with whatever. You get what I'm saying. Um, and again, I mean, no disrespect to any families affected by it, but again, I feel like you let the devil into somewhere and it's, it's going to change how things operate. That's why I talked about the whole change in the police force and how much difference it can make with literally just, instead of defunding the police, again, just take a fraction of cops in each fucking state and just assign them at schools. You have more people focused on their kids, which is making them better cops, better parents because they're happier and can be close to their kids. They're not fucking stressed out about going out to save somebody else's life while their kid's life is in danger. Like, it's it's simple, but we'll probably never see that shit either. So, the next thing when it comes to, like, eliminating things, um, music and movies, your your habits, places you go that make you think about or make you feel a certain way that needs to go to if you go to certain places to, to smoke or drink, whatever the case may be, or to escape in any way, you need to cut that out and find a different, like, find a substitution for it. So, for example, if you smoke a lot of bug, then find some other way to clear your mind i know people say go for a run do this do that like but that that's really all it boils down to like i used to smoke a lot what i did was switched over to cbd because i realized it wasn't the high for me it was just giving me anxiety to go down and to literally quiet my head when i realized that cbd does the same thing i tried that out and really haven't bought bud in, in months so and i don't get anxious when i'm out of cbd anymore because i realized again what the actual problem was because you cannot get rid of a problem if you're only trying to tackle the how can I put this because I forgot where I where I heard I don't know if it was in church or like a YouTube sermon but someone told me that if you continue to try to kill the fruit that are falling without killing the root of the problem it is never going to go away so for example if you're trying to quit smoking you need to find out why you want to smoke in the first place and tackle that or it's never going to go away. Do that before you try to find that alternative. Like it's you have to find the reason why. Just like when it comes to relationships, you have to find out why you keep pulling yourself back to that person or why you keep allowing yourself to feel the same way when something happens. Like there you need to find the why to it to really fix it or change it, especially when it comes to addiction or breaking habits and like change in general there's a why to why we got so stuck to it and why we got so used to it but the hardest part is not the music it's not the hobby like things you do it's the people you're around because a lot of us again can never get out of that high school mentality so focused on what everyone else feels about every single action we make in our life and how they're going to perceive it when you let that go and you genuinely stop giving a shit people care about you and like how they feel about what you're doing in your life, one, you're not going to be stressed out as much. And two, you'll, you'll be a lot more comfortable with things. And the 
biggest thing about, I think, this taking this path is realizing that you're going to cut some people off because all of us, before we get to this point, have people in our life who are either not on the same page as us and are kind of struggling to get there or just don't want to get there. And yes, I did feel like it was our job to reach out to people and get them on the same level that we are spiritually and emotionally, whatever the case may be. But I'll attempt it. I'm not going to force anything down your throat. I'm not going to be more demanding than my actual God is because he's not going to force his way in because he wouldn't have given you free will if he was. So like I said, when you force people out who are for example, laughing at you or judging and smirking and shit when you're talking about or asking questions or whatever the case may be about God or about religion, cut them off immediately. Um, if you're trying to, I don't even like express your curiosity at all or love at all, and there's any negative reaction, cut them off immediately. Like it, if, if you don't get like an ounce of curiosity about what you're talking about, or they're not fully dived into it, just cut them off. Because again, they're going to pull you down. And I genuinely feel like if you're opposed to like a message from God, then you're either like that lost or you're literally just, you've been used by Satan. So like, it puts me back to that, that water boy scene with uh, Mrs. Boucher, when she kept calling his little girlfriend the devil. Because it always stuck with me because I never understood until a couple years ago what she actually meant. Because, like, people think that, like, possession is so deep. Like, possession is so, like, the conjuring type. Like, no, it's not, like, always spinning necks and shit. Like, it, you are possessed by, like, the devil when you go on these, like, angry fits and stuff like that. Just, like, you're possessed by Christ when you go out here and be abundantly positive. Like, it's the same thing. You're allowing one spirit in or you're letting the other spirit in. That's being possessed. So, again, you have to learn how to use your free will to decide who you're letting in and what spirit you're giving more power to in that moment. Because that's all it is. That's all handling and controlling your anger and your other emotions are. It's controlling when and where you give more control to which spirit. Like, these emotions like anger and pain... They need to run their natural course, but you have to have discernment to like when it is time to cut that off and start processing it and moving on. That was my issue. You cannot sit there and let that stuff linger. Stop thinking about it for like six, eight hours unless it's something like life changing, of course, that's big. But the small daily stuff, we have to learn like when to let something go and what needs to be dwelled on. Everything doesn't need to be dwelled on, I promise you. And like that was my biggest issue but when you do get that down and you like i said start to take those steps it will definitely make a difference for you so just as a quick recap a few of the things that i mentioned i want to go over are the uh the first one will be that argument about the impacts of free will like i mentioned i do believe that's why we have those catastrophes like the big ones that we know of, 9-11, school shootings, and things like that. I don't believe that that's God testing us, punishing us, anything like that. Those are all causes of free will. Those are all the causes of us being possessed by Satan. And like I said, using, not using, but allowing that moment to let more of the satanic spirit in. Because like I said, if you are having like 
rage fits or anything that's from like a negative emotion that's still being possessed by the devil. Just like it's the same thing if you're out here preaching, if you're out here talking about love, if you're out here doing anything positive in a wholehearted manner, then in a sense, the Spirit of Christ is in you because that's what he asks you to do. He asks you to be that exact person. Again, possession is not so Hollywood. It's literally just the Spirit. Um, next thing is dealing with like emotions the proper way. I think a lot of us, especially men, we don't express them, first of all. We don't talk about them. We don't even think about them half the time. And that's the problem. Because if you continue to run away from the emotions, instead of, again, tackling the root of it, it is never going to go away. And it's going to bleed into every other aspect of your life, every other relationship, every other activity that you're in. It's going to creep its way into it. It may not do it all at once, but I promise you it's going to happen. You cannot run away from pain. You cannot run away from trauma. It is only going to make when it hits you, hit you that much harder. So again, you have to find the root. I know it is probably the scariest thing you're doing in your life trying to face your own trauma, but it is also the most rewarding. So you have to do it. Like I said, let the emotions run their course. We forget that, yes, we're supposed to be angry. We're supposed to be sad because... It's part of us, but it's supposed to run its course. You don't let that stuff linger. Um, also, again, that finding the peace in oblivion. There's always some peace in it. There's always that positive in the dark. Again, I don't know why I keep going back to this example, but 9-11, even though all the terrible things that happened, you have so many people who became firefighters, who became cops, who got into that field of helping people because of that day. And how many people who have been out here giving their lives every day because that day happened? Again, that's finding the peace in the oblivion. How many people were saved in the rubble when they thought they were gone? That's finding the peace in the oblivion. The families who actually got calls from their husbands or wives as they made it out. Again, that's the peace in it. Like you have to find the positive in the situation when things happen as well. If something goes wrong in your life, you need to stop. Well, I need to stop saying you need to. Like I needed to stop dwelling on what's going wrong and figure out the solution because uh, you'll realize soon enough like when things go wrong the more time you spend on what's going wrong instead of fixing it is going to get worse especially when it comes to finances so again that's the biggest portion like way you need to focus on the root as well um one thing that also helps that's also pretty simple is kind of mentally repeating what you want until you actually feel it, whether it's like a financial goal, whether it's a spiritual goal. Like, again, like we're in control of like our minds a lot more than I think most people understand. Um, and just little simple things like that. When you see how much of an impact that that has throughout how you feel, you see why I say how much more in control we are. Because when you purposely think, for example, Yes, so your goal is moving out, but you're stressed out about it. And all you're thinking about is how much money it's going to cost, how much time it's going to take, how much it's going to affect this and that. If you continue to do that until you have this move that you're either never going to move or it's going to be terrible. But if you use that time to focus on like where you're going to be moving to, what you're going to be able to do once you move and things like that, like finding what's going to come out of it, that move is going to be better, you'll find you'll find that it's easier when you look for 
the positive or finding the solution immediately or at least trying to when something goes wrong um instead of like i said just just dwelling in what's going wrong another thing is like when it comes to building that relationship spend a lot more time talking to god however you feel is the best way to do that that was something that i spent a lot of time talking to my mom about like do you talk to him like he's your friend? Do you talk to him like your parents? How do you like, what is it? But you find a comfortable way, of course, with the respect, the reverence, and all of that. But you're just openly talking like you would to your father, pretty much. Because when you get that relationship going, he will be your spiritual father, guiding you through everything. So, again, just be patient with yourself going through that because this is like I said this has been the three or four years for me overall it's like the last two years have been where I learned the most about myself and started being able to see things I guess seeing the evidence of what I've been trying to do and seeing the evidence of what I've been praying for and kind of asking for so the stuff is going to take time but I promise you you'll start seeing the seeds over time that are hard to ignore and then lastly that I wanted to tap on is like the fear of death because I keep getting that question a lot too and again religion and, and God is how I got over that because I also realized that there is life after death because when you in any religion you live the life you're supposed to when you go to heaven when you go to heaven you're sitting there forever in abundant bliss chilling with everyone else who lived their life properly and God so, I mean, I don't know. That was that was just all I needed to, I guess, for it to click with me. But like I said, when you realize that this life isn't like the end, then it helps out a lot. That's another reason why I feel like we've come a long way from the God we trust. Because if we ever were so <clears throat> founded on religion, I don't. I don't think that spirituality will still not be major college courses or things like that. You wouldn't have still so many countries in this world banning people for their religion. I was literally in, I guess you can call it a Bible study group today, and one of the women said that one of the countries she goes to for Christian groups in Ecuador, I believe it was, literally is is being banned from and feels like when they when they when they when they go that they're being like in danger that they're in in some kind of danger for trying to spread his word i believe it was actually india but it it just goes to show that like we come from and god we trust like america for example yet our laws don't don't say that we're supposed to be a world of I don't know I don't know it's just funny how morals and ideals don't really line up anymore it don't even matter it seems like at this point but I guess that's pretty much everything that I wanted to touch on for this episode and like I said the most important part is having patience with yourself and realizing that yeah, it's going to feel like a war every day because it literally is. Because I promise you, the closer you get to Christ, the more you're going to piss off the devil. The louder he's going to get. 
and the more you're going to see him try to intervene in your life. But the more you stay strong, like I said, the <laughs> more empowered you're going to feel. Like, I've really gotten over fears with prayers. Um, like, been able to literally go out and face them with prayer. I should just have him, like, one-on-one -on -one time, like, getting pumped up. Like, all right, you know, I got this. Like, I tell a few people that, like, the way that I know that I'm actually talking to God is I get these chills that don't really feel like kind of like temperature chills, if that makes sense. It's not like it's just your spine kind of going up and down. Like when you walk outside in the winter, no, it's like my entire body is like, I don't know. It's like not even just a cold chill. It's like, it's like a, like a little bit of warmth. Like I feel whole heavy. I don't know. But then when it goes away, like once my body heats up, I feel like light again. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel the presence there. And we all have that moment, and it's going to click. So, like I said, be patient with yourself. This journey literally takes a lifetime. This is not something you're going to do in 15 years or 15 months. So, it's going to go on literally until the day you die, because that's when it's finished. You can't cut it off at 50. You can't cut it off at 60. The test is over when you die, because that's when he tells you how you did. So, like I said, be patient with yourself, because... You got a lot of time. And even if you come short in goals, just keep in mind the fact that you wholeheartedly, you had the discipline in yourself to to know that now is the time to make these changes. And you did that wholeheartedly. I genuinely believe that if you do that for whether it be six hours, six months or six years, and you don't get to where you need to be, and God forbid you were to die at that point, I still think you were getting to heaven because you were doing what he asked you to do. You realized what you were doing wrong in life. You realized your sins. You repented and you followed Christ. That's all he asked you to do. He knows we're going to sin. That's why he drank that cup of blood for us. That like, and like I said, any emotion, anything you're going through, Google what scripture is related to it and just read that. I promise you it's going to click. Like I tell people also that like if you're into astrology also, but you're leaning into religion, let the astrology go because that's demonic and it's fake and read your Bible. Like I said, it'll tell you what real astrology is. It'll feel more connected. It tells you so much about yourself and who you really are and what you can really do. And it also somehow explains what's going on today around us. Like I said, that's not just a book, and that's how I know it's not man-made because, yeah, we have psychics, whatever you, call, whatever, whatever you want to call it, we will can predict the future. But for some of these things, some of these scriptures, when you can literally <laughs> describe a week of our lives, like scriptures about the pandemic, about so many things that we've gone through in the past few decades, that helps solidify it for me too. But like I said, the Bible is the most important thing. Don't rush yourself with it. I honestly would not recommend starting with the Old Testament because it's difficult to understand if that is your first Bible you're getting into. Go to the New Testament because I literally had to have the New Testament on my podcast, listening to it at the same time to understand what I was reading because it borderline sounds like a different language. So if this is your first time, I'd have to recommend New Testament or if you don't mind doing what I did, queue up the Bible app with the New Testament as an audiobook while you're reading the Old Testament. But 
it'll it'll definitely help. And I know it's going to be like you want to do it every day. You're going to feel bad that you want to go to sleep some days or that you want to go hang out with a friend this day, but you just did it six days. Like the same thing with fasting. If you mess up on a fast, like just take that in, accept it and kind of keep going with it. It's not the end until you're gone pretty much. And even then it's not. So you got time.